Today is Lessons from Beauty and the Beast. This is our third message from Beauty and the Beast. There is the story in our Bible that we've talked about recently in which it would be very appropriate to refer to the wife as the beauty and the husband as the beast. And the story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 25. I hope none of you are thinking that I fall in the beast category. About a thousand years B.C., there was a man named Nabal who lived with his wife, Abigail, near the town of Carmel. At the same time, David, who would eventually become king of Israel, was hiding out in that particular area, hiding from Saul, who had been trying to seek him out to kill him for an extended period of time. While David and his men were in the area, they provided protection for Nabal's shepherds and herds in the fields. When David learned that Nabal was shearing sheep, he knew Nabal would be making a lot of money from selling the wool and all the other products and slaughtering some of the animals and whatever all they did. And so David sent a message to greet Nabal and to very nicely, very nicely ask him for some food, basic necessities, provisions. David made the request based on the custom of hospitality, the hospitality of that day and sharing wealth with those who had provided assistance to a person. David and his group of men had provided plenty of assistance to, uh, to Nabal. In fact, if it hadn't been for David, Nabal would have lost a lot of sheep and goats to thieves and to wild animals. Well, as I told you in a previous message, when Nabal got the request, however, he made it very clear that he was not going to give anything to David nor to his men. And David, unfortunately, became very angry. He overreacted, and that was one of the truths we learned. He became very angry and quickly organized 400 of his soldiers to go and kill the beast, Nabal, and also kill his men. Well, Nabal's wife, Abigail, as all good wives, Nabal, the beauty, heard what was about to happen, and she quickly assembled a lot of provisions, food, basic necessities that she knew or figured out David and his men would have wanted. And she rushed all those provisions out to David and his army, and he pleaded, pleaded with, she pleaded with David to spare Nabal's life, not just for the sake of saving Nabal, but also for the sake of saving David's reputation so that David wouldn't get the reputation of being a killer on account of small things. And so now I take you into some other wonderful lessons from Beauty and the Beast that I believe are so relevant to your life and to our lives as a whole and to the life of a listener, radio listener today, many radio listeners some radio listeners were speaking with me last night at the concert that we had here on Saturday evening. And the, one of the first truths I want to direct your attention today to is this. Number one, know that there are times when God will use you to be a special help 
and blessing to someone. And I want you to think about this not only as a general thing, but as a special appointment, a divine appointment. And we discover this from our Bible story where the beauty named Abigail and helpers hurried out from her house with provisions to try to stop David and the 400 men from attacking and killing the beast. When Abigail, when Abigail met David, I want you to notice what David says in verse 32. David says this. David replied to Abigail, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. You notice that? David somehow recognized that Abigail's rush to stop David's attack wasn't just her own doing. David said, God has sent you to meet me today. God has directed you, Abigail. And on account of Abigail's initiative, she saved not only Nabal's life, the beast, but also she saved the lives of Nabal's employees, servants, and probably saved the lives of several of David's soldiers who would have likely been killed in the battle that possibly would have happened. Furthermore, furthermore, as verse 31 says, Abigail saved David's conscience from having to live with the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. Now I want you to think with me. In your lifetime, it is possible that God will use you, God will use you in a different context to help save someone's life. Perhaps there has been a time or there will be a time when because, because you quickly, you quickly called 911 for the ambulance, the fire department or whatever, because you quickly responded, someone's life was saved or will be saved. Amen? Or on occasion you, you see a child, a teenager or an adult who isn't thinking. A lot of people aren't thinking these days when they're walking places. You see someone who isn't thinking and they're just about to step off the sidewalk in front of a, a fast-moving car or truck and, and, and you grab them or you put your arm out. And at first, at first they might be angry with you until they realize you just saved their life because of your quick thinking. On occasion you might be at the right place at the right time to save someone from drowning. Many years ago, before Cindy and I were married, we were out on a romantic date. <laughs> romantic date. We were at Center Island, which as most of you know is surrounded by Lake Ontario. It was dark. We had a lovely evening walking through the island and enjoying the scenery. <laughs> Who's whistling down there? My son-in-law. <laughs> and as we, as we were walking along, as we were walking along, George, fairly close to the lake, we heard, we heard some screams for help. We heard someone screaming and splashing in water. 
And because, because it was so dark and it was late at first, we had, we had difficulty figuring out where in the world the screams were coming from. And, and, and it seemed like there, there weren't other folks around. And, um, and, 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 but anyway, we kind of ran around trying to figure out where are these screams coming from. Finally, finally, we saw, we saw a shadow of a person in the lake. We obviously helped that person get out of the water and she turned out to be a dear lady in her 50s. And realizing, realizing she was sick physically and emotionally, we quickly got her to the hospital. She was in the hospital for several weeks, during which time, of course, I went to see her. And eventually, eventually she was well enough physically and emotionally that she was able to leave the hospital and and I took her back to her home in Shelburne, Ontario. Shelburne is just north of Toronto, as some of you know. But what I want to say is, is whether it is you or me, it is possible, it is possible that God will use us to save someone's life. And you and I need to be sensitive and alert when God has perhaps placed us somewhere for a very divine purpose. Are you with me now? It could be that God could use what you say. It's possible God will use what you say to a family member or friend to save their life. When, for example, out of love, you, you plead, you plead with someone to, to stop smoking, you plead with someone to stop smoking, or you plead with someone to stop uh, drinking alcohol, you could be saving that person's life. Last night, we had an incredible, incredible concert in our sanctuary. It was planned by Gladys Grimmond in loving memory of her dear daughter, Carol, who was killed by a drunk driver. I held the funeral service for her not long ago. And during the concert, during the concert, a lady from MAD, M-A-D-D, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. During the concert, this dear lady got up on the platform and told of how her own, her own husband had also been killed by a drunk driver. And uh, only 12 years, 12 years after her husband had been killed by a drunk driver, her 27-year-old son was killed by a drunk driver. And so when you and I plead and plead with someone to stop drinking alcohol completely, we never know whose life we will save, my friends. I've just talked about some of the very serious matters, but let me just remind, remind you that on a more regular basis, there are times when God will use you, use us to be a special help and blessing to someone in very simple ways. Last Saturday, we held Perfect Fit, which was a day on which we gave opportunity for people to come and help themselves to, to free clothes. I, I was here for that very special event, and, and I, estimate, I estimate there were maybe a, around 150 families who were helped. And I want to say thank you to the many of you who brought in new or slightly used clothing. And thank you to Althea and other volunteer ladies who spent two weeks sorting and arranging the clothes for that special day. Amen. 
Recently, a family, a family was in need of basic furniture, and I let you know of that need on a Sunday. And, and so someone provided a full bedroom set. Someone else gave a mattress. Another family contributed a couple of beds. Someone else gave them a beautiful table and hutch. Others provided linens and, and covers and dishes and pots and pans and a, a toaster and a kettle and, and more. And, and I want to say thank you because these are just some ways by which we can be a little blessing to each other. Amen. And now today, today we have the privilege, we have the privilege of having the Nema Children's Choir from Africa sing in our church. They're going to be coming to the platform in just a few minutes. And these, these young children represent thousands of boys and girls, thousands of kids who live in orphanages in Africa because their parents, because their parents have died either from AIDS, HIV, or they've died, they've died because of war. Or some of the children are in orphanages because their, their mom or dad just could not afford to provide basic food for them. Others are there for all kinds of other reasons. And after the children's choir sings today, uh, um, you, you and I will be able to give a love offering, and I told you, we told you about this even weeks ago, we'll be able to give a love offering not only to help the children in the choir, but to help other boys and girls who live in orphanages. And you and I can be a, a blessing today through our gift, our gift of love offering. This will be a time when God will use you to help little children, amen? Let me take you to a second very wonderful truth that we learn from the Bible story of the beauty and the beast, and it is this. Be grateful for the person who tries to prevent you from doing something you will probably regret later. Think about it. This is another truth we learn from 1 Samuel chapter 25. I want you to notice here, David was grateful to God for sending Abigail to plead with him not to kill Nabal and his men. David was actually grateful, and this truth can be seen in verse 32 and 33. Here it is, verse 32. David replied to Abigail, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Here it is. Thank God for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. I want you to notice. He says, thank God for your good sense. Be grateful. Be grateful for the person or persons who try to prevent you from doing something you will most likely regret later in your life. Young people, students, it's possible that at some point in your school years you might feel like dropping, dropping out of school it can happen. Listen to, listen to and be grateful to your parents when they say, when they say, please don't drop out of school. 
finish school. Listen to a teacher, friend, other relative, or, or pastor who will say the same thing to you. Don't drop out of school. Be grateful that they care enough to give you excellent advice so that you won't regret your decision of dropping out of school at a later date. Amen? Amen? Ladies, whether you are married or unmarried, on occasion, you might get pregnant. And for whatever reasons you might think, you might think about having an abortion. Hopefully, hopefully you will have parents and grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, and definitely the pastors of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. You will have family and pastors here who will who will say to you, who will say to you, I beg you, I beg you, I plead with you, do not, do not have an abortion. Be grateful for the people who try to prevent you from having an abortion, and in doing so, they will prevent you from doing something you will later regret. Most of you know my wife and I have a little grandson whose name is Yanni. He turned one year old yesterday. How about that? Amy, Amy, can you come around? Come around, come around on that side. Come around there, hon. Come around on this side. Come around over here. My little grandson has been preparing himself all year long, all year long for this very special moment. All right? Why don't you just come, come here, Amy? Just right, right there, hon. Okay? I mean, this little guy has been preparing all year long. Yanni? Haven't you been preparing for this? Hey, oh! Okay, maybe we need still some more practice. Okay, sweetheart, come on. Oh! <laughs> okay. I, I, know, I know the problem was the soother was in his mouth. It, it threw him off balance. Eh? Yanni? Hi, sweetheart. Mm. All right. Yes, well, we thank God for little boys and little girls like you, and we thank God that you're wearing a tie today. <laughs> yes, otherwise, otherwise I'd have to ball his mom and daddy out, right? Uh, all right, there we go, there we go. Oh. <laughs> See, he likes his grandpa. Here we go, sweetheart, come on. Go ahead. All right. Okay. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, yesterday, yesterday uh, he was at the church here when uh, his mom was, and dad were picking up two of the little children they were housing, and a little guy ran over to me. Uh, anyway, well, the... Uh, the reason, the reason, obviously, I asked my little grandson to be brought up <clears throat> is just to remind us of how precious 
these little babies are. Amen? And I want to say, ladies, men, we strongly encourage, we strongly encourage everyone to wait, to wait until marriage before having sex and before having a baby. However, however, if you get pregnant at any time of your life, don't have an, abor an abortion. Give birth. Give birth and then watch, watch that little Watch that little face grow. Watch those little legs take that little boy or little girl to the altar. Yes. Watch those little hands. That's where I like to see children at the altar, like baby Yanni's at the altar right now. My friends, cherish, cherish each little child, whether it's your own or someone else's precious little one. Amen? Here's something else to think about. Sometimes, sometimes a family member or friend might lovingly say to you, I noticed, I noticed you go 60, 60 kilometers an hour in a 40 kilometer per hour zone. Or, or they, they might say to you, you know, I noticed, I noticed you, you don't stop at the stop signs or the red lights. I noticed you follow only six inches behind the car ahead of you. Someone is elbowing someone. <laughs> I noticed you, you never signal when you change lanes. Be grateful, my friends. Be grateful for the person who tries to prevent you from driving in a reckless, dangerous way. Amen? Amen. Here's a third truth. Here's a third truth I ask us to think upon, and it is this. Have the wisdom and the willpower to change your course when you discover you are going in the wrong direction. Amen? This truth comes out of the Bible story. David and his 400 men were on their way to kill the, the beast, Nabal. After Abigail apologized to David for Nabal's wickedness, she brought, she brought David provisions which he and his men deserved. Notice what verses 34, verse 34 and 35 say. Here's what it says. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Then David accepted her present and told her, return home in peace. I've heard what you said, we will not kill your husband. That was the beast, Nabal. You see, David, David had the wisdom and the willpower to change his plans. He told Abigail he would not kill Nabal as he had intended. And the question is this. What about you and me? Do, do you have the wisdom and the willpower to change whatever path you are on when you discover that you're headed in the wrong direction? Amen? For example, when you realize, when you, realize you are hurting someone by your words, your actions, or by your refusal to forgive, have the wisdom and the willpower to change 
what needs to be corrected. And above all, above all, beloved, if you are living your life without faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, your life is going in the wrong direction. Amen? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus also said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. My friends, I invite you today to get off, to get off the highway to hell and instead get on the highway to heaven through faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I pray that you would help all of us if we're heading in the wrong direction to get on the right direction. And I pray that above all you would help all of us to get on the highway to heaven through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that all the boys and girls of our church are putting their faith and trust in Jesus and are on their way to heaven. And I pray, Lord, that the precious boys and girls from Africa who are about to sing in this beautiful choir are also on the highway to heaven. And we thank you that someday we will celebrate in heaven with all of God's people. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.